Sweet. Jack Jenkins. Jack Jenkins, good to have you on. First time. Been wanting to get you on for a minute because you have been fighting for Hex for the last couple of years, you know, working yourself up. And now you got this huge opportunity for Eternal for the Featherweight Championship. A lot of people might not know, but there have been fights that you've been lined up with with Eternal and then they pull out. But now you're making your promotional debut for the title. So it all works out at the end. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It was um, it's been really tough for me. I sort of I had a bit of a knee injury at the end of last year. Um, uh, I tore my MCL, and then I worked really hard on the rehab. and And since I've been back ready to go, I've had four fights fall through since December. Um, so it's been hard to sort of stay focused and stay on the line. But you know, I've got good people around me, and I tried to just keep focused. And everyone said something will come through, something will come through. And I'm really glad I stayed ready and fit because um when Ben and Cam got in contact with us and said, hey, there's an opportunity to fight for the title, we just jumped at it because I'm fit and ready anyway. Was that already in your mind when you heard that Ryan had pulled out? Actually, the news didn't come out huh, until they actually yeah, no, got they you on board. Anyway. Yeah, I've got a good relationship with Ben, um, Ben from Eternal. And I think, you know, when he got whispers, he just sort of let me know. He said, look, on the down low, um, you know, something might be coming up soon for you. So just you know, be ready and that sort of thing. And then, um, yeah, so when it when it came through, it was just like uh, par for the course. It was time to go. So training-wise, you know what I mean? Like, have you just been training since your last fight all the way through? Yeah, training right through. Up until I had my um, – I injured my knee, I was mm-hmm. training right through. And then I sort of had to have like three weeks off training completely where I couldn't do anything except strength work. And then um, after that three weeks, just straight back to it. Um, and it's been, it's probably been the, the most improvement I've had in sort of a two or three month period ever uh, over the course of my career, I reckon. It allows you to focus on other parts of your game or other parts of your training, right? And, and, and you, in that part, you don't usually neglect, but you can neglect it because of the injury probably. Yeah, definitely. 100%. You can't neglect that sort of stuff. And it makes you be a bit more cerebral with what you're doing too. You can't just walk into the gym and go, flat knacker all the time you have to sort of stop and think about what you can improve day to day without you know tearing up the body all right well looking back at your career you know you started off right out the gate three wins in a row spectacular wins then you drop the next two when you go on a losing streak you know at at the beginning of your career so a lot of guys can't get out of that funk you know what i mean but you got out of that funk you got two more wins in a row how did you get over those losses and and knock those two next two out so so easily um i think i just um you know those two losses came at, at probably a good time for me because uh i only i'd only been training as a as an mma guy for probably three or four months before my pro debut um and going going hard for those first three and then you know you sort of think you start to not necessarily believe the hype but you sort of start hearing things like oh is the next big thing and obviously with the caliber of people i trained with i knew i had the ability to do well um but it was a really good wake-up call for me to first lose to jesse who's like a veteran in australia he's fought everyone and and he's beaten so many good good guys um that was the first one but then you know you can kind of take that in your stride and go oh i just maybe just made a mistake because i was winning the first round and probably winning the majority of the second round before i got caught in that fight too um but the second one was the one that really hit me because i i think i was a lot better than that guy but i just didn't show up to the fight i wasn't there at all um and on that night he was just so much better than me that i don't think i was going to win 
Um, so it was a good chance to go back to the drawing board and figure out how can we get, um, how can I get the version of me that shows up to training day in and day out to show up to the cage. Um, and we worked on that for a long time. It was like a lot of competitions, a lot of jujitsu. I went back to, you know, I'm a kickboxer originally. I went back and had a kickboxing fight with my coach um, just to try and get back to what I do well. And uh, that seemed to work. And then we've come out in the next two and gone 2-0 and oh, and both pretty impressively. I had a couple of 30-25 scorecards in my first fight. And then uh, my second one, I finished um, the Japanese fellow in the first round. So it's been good. Uh, in the past, you've trained with... Callum Potter and and uh, Dan Kelly and and I've seen them in your corner, but when did you decide to make the switch to Absolute? Um, so so the way it happens is um, the way Dad's Army works and and Callum and Dan and all those guys work is they do a few sessions of the week together, um, and then everyone sort of bounces out to their own gym. So like Callum fights for you know Resilience and his other gym Renegade. Jake Matthews fights for Australian Elite Team and Resilience. Jimmy Crute fights for Sam Greco's and mm. uh, and um, and Resilience as well. So we all do our sparring and stuff together, but then everyone bounces out to their own to sort of you know learn more, and then we bring it back to the group together, um, which has worked out great for everyone. Um, but where I was, I, I'm from out in the country a little bit, not in Melbourne. Um, my gym, Metamorphica, which I, I coach at now, I'm not training there anymore, but I coach there. Um, I just didn't have any training partners at my weight. So the time I spent away from resilience, I just wasn't getting the work that I needed to have. Um, so the opportunity came up to go to Absolute, and they've got such good dominant guys there at that 135, 145 um, weight class. It was just a really good opportunity um, to go work with them. And I originally went to Thailand um, and then due to some circumstances ended up coming back and I just decided to stick with Absolute. So I'm still training at Resilience uh, with that crew like Dan and Jimmy and mm -hmm. Cal. And, you know, I, I take a lot of um, <clears throat> I take a lot of lead from those guys in terms of my training and they help me out a lot. But uh, that other end where everyone sort of goes and does their own thing, I'm doing that at Absolute now mm -hmm. and that's been really, really good for me. Absolute. I see that you went there to Thailand last summer. How was that trip? Yeah, it was. It was good. It was bittersweet. Um, you know, I I went over there, and at the same time, we took um my homie uh Sai Liafa. Uh, he mm -hmm. came over with me, and we oh. were sharing a we were we were sharing a room together. Um, he'd been my number one sparring partner, you know, pretty much my whole career. Um, and then I flew home for my fight against mm -hmm. um. Uh, the Japanese guy and um, when I I fought on the Friday night and on the Sunday Sai had his fight in Thailand where he ended up losing and took a um, and took some shots that gave him a brain bleed and he's he's in a coma still in Thailand so um, I, I, I found it hard to go back I did go back after that um, and and did another sort of six weeks there um, but I, I found it hard to stay there after that just it was hard going back into the room that Sai and I shared and that sort of thing um, and it, yeah, I just wasn't, I wanted to come back and be around my people and our friends and, and that sort of thing. So decided to come back. What is the update with him? Um, so he's, uh, he, we've booked the, the flights have been booked for him to get brought back to Melbourne on the 10th of March. Um, the, unfortunately, well, we're lucky and unlucky. We're lucky in the fact that, um, Simon from Absolute and, uh, a few other people involved have managed to, um, come up with the money up front, the 55 grand to get him brought home. Um, but, you know, that's left them 
pretty heavy in the red. So we're just trying to raise money to get that to to help get that back. And then, you know, if we make any extra or anything like that, then it's just going to be going towards size rehab and all that sort of stuff. But the 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 only update medically I can give at the moment is that um, you know, we're just hopefully when he gets back here on the tenth of March that the Western doctors can give us a bit more uh a bit more hope and a bit more uh clarity onto what's actually going to be the prognosis for him long term where where can people go to maybe even donate or is there a, a gofundme or something yeah there's a gofundme um it's just bring Sai home um mm. that's the gofundme and there's actually a website being set up with all the links there we're doing a couple of like amateur mma fundraisers and amateur kickboxing events and that sort of thing um and like people like jimmy and uh dan and ben sasoli and that they're all going to be uh auctioning off private lessons and that sort of thing for um so every little bit helps i suppose to to help with the uh costs of everything associated with getting him home definitely well you know that's a sad situation but uh hopefully yeah, they, he yeah. gets back and he gets the surgery and and uh he gets better uh a lot yeah. of people support him and you know i spoke i spoke to ben uh maybe about a month ago and he was talking about it also so yeah. i think any little bit if someone could help any little bit you know can uh go towards getting him back to normal now going back to you know your training you're at absolute yep. i know roger's yep. there i know roger yep. pretty well he's uh he's yep. an animal who are the other yeah. guys that are training with over there um so we got myself uh roger we got sam kakembo um sam kakembo mm -hmm. he's still an amateur but like nothing he does is is amateur like he mm -hmm. he treats his training his preparation the way he spars the way he does everything he's a professional and he's making his pro debut for his next fight so we've got sam he's one to look out for definitely um then we've got sam hibbard uh mm -hmm. so oh, okay. that's all that's four of us already at that high level um around the 135 145 weight class um and then we just got a bunch of amateur guys who are all you know on that cusp of amateur going pro. Uh, and then at the higher weight classes, we've got like uh, Lyle Karam, who's fighting for a big belt in Af back in South Africa the week after my fight. Um, Jake Hoon fighting on Risen. Uh, he's, he's been killing it at the moment. So there's definitely lots of talent getting around the gym. And uh, it's just hard to walk into any class or any session without someone who's a real specialist at what they do being there. You know, we've got Lockie Giles around and those big jujitsu names who – are also there helping out whenever we can. Yeah, man, it's just incredible. You guys have built. You yeah, have yeah, it's built. Unreal. You know, over there at Absolute. Um, you know, Jake also another guy I know really well. Uh, yeah, he's killing it in Japan and and Raja. Yeah. He, wherever he lands, he's gonna kill it too. Now, yeah, you, you have a title fight coming up, Diego yep. Pereira. Um, yep. Has he has he been on the radar for you? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Everyone in this sort of this sort of top bracket of that 145 division in Australia is in my bracket. Um, I was really impressed with his fight with Tobin. He was really, um, really relaxed and composed, and he did his job uh, exceptionally well in that fight. I thought. Uh, I just think I pose a few more th threats than mm. than Tobin does, um, you know, on the feet, and I have a few more tricks to get inside. Um, but yeah, can't take anything away from him. He's looked really good in his last few fights, and. Uh, I think it's going to be a cracker, a really good fight. Yeah, definitely, man. I, I completely agree. Now, you have a couple of weeks to prepare for Diego. Uh, is yep. that normal for you for a fight? You just a couple of weeks, that's fine? Uh, well, it's yes and no. Like, I've had fights come through short notice before. Mm -hmm. um, like the um, Naoya 
who I fought in my last fight, he was mm. on like 10 days notice. That was a really short one because I had oh, yeah. um, my opponent pull out. And uh, when I fought the Korean fellow, Sangwon Kim, mm. that was on about 10 days notice too. So I've done it before. Um, this one's actually a little bit more notice mm. than usual. And it's actually handy because he's from the region. You know, anyone sort of in that top 10 of the region I've had a look at before and I've sort of, you know, got a bit of a mental plan for how to go about it. And because a few of my, uh, well, one of my training partners has already fought him. Sam Hibbard had a good fight with him, which was a split decision. I thought it was, um, I thought that could have actually gone Sam's way um, in that fight. So I've got good insight into what he does well and where there's a few openings and that sort of thing. Definitely, man. Yeah, Sam is going to be a, a big benefit for you to get ready for Diego. Uh, how do you see this fight playing out, man? I'm pretty sure you, you see yourself having that strap wrapped, wrapped around your waist, but how is that going to happen? I think I'm going to finish him sort of late, late second, early third round. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the I think it's just going to be a battle for the distance in the center of the cage early on because he likes to walk forward and back people up. And if you've watched any of my fights, that's all I do, walk forward and back people up. So, um, you know, when we go into them and we meet in the middle, it's just going to be who can establish that range first. And, you know, me personally working with Raja recently and my striking coach, Andy Colgrave, um, I've really started to find a rhythm with that range in the small gloves. Um, so I think I'm going to establish the rhythm early and then I can put the pace on. So from there, it's just going to be walking forward, slipping shots, landing my own clean shots and uh, going in for the kill when it presents itself. Could we see a, a spinning elbow knockout? <laughs> you know, Roger's <laughs> face for those. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's one of those things that the spinning elbow kind of gets like um, taken away a little bit. Um mm. You know, it gets downplayed a little bit, but Raja drills that stuff. Like, we, yeah. we practice it, we set it up, you know, we do all that sort of stuff. So it's definitely going to be there. Um, it's actually funny because that, that last fight put me in a tough spot because I'd just sort of gone over to Absolute and um, Michael Barber, who Raja was fighting, was, you know, my main sparring partner. Mm-hmm. So kind of we had to draw a line in the sand and be like, yo, what's the go here? Um, and just out of respect for both of them, I just said, look, I'm, I'm going to do all my stuff out with Barber and the boys at Resilience for this one. And then we'll hook up again there. And, you know, um, there was no hard feelings between me and Raja for that one. Um, but now that that fight's over, um, we've been training together flat out. And we actually both sleep at the gym together during the week, Raja and I. So he's actually turned into, um, you know, a really good friend of mine. And I'm really lucky for him to be passing down that striking knowledge down the line. Definitely. He's uh, he's deep, man. He's trained with some of the craziest, craziest, most savage athletes fighters what do you want to call it around the world so yeah yeah great person to have got some stories man yeah (laughs) all right man well your story is uh is going to continue man march 7th eternal mma 52 gold coast australia featherweight championship man it's going to be crazy good luck on the fight man good luck on everything that you're doing in your life outside the cage and uh enjoy the fight man have fun thank you very much for your time bro i appreciate it i'll uh I'll have a chat to you after it's all done.